Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I am Chris Graham, and uh, Jerry Ratcliffe is here, and we are going to talk UVA basketball, sort of a postseason wrap. Offseason is, is, is upon us. Virginia loses 52-51 to St. Bonaventure in the NIT quarterfinals last night, Tuesday night, as uh, we're recording this. It's Wednesday evening and uh so jerry um uh boy that was tough to watch uh, as most of the season has been as virginia struggled to make shots then had a flurry and then struggled again to make shots another squeaker at the end i think that's tony bennett's word squeaker a lot of squeakers this year for the for the who's um uh what do you want to start with this game this th- there's so much to unpack here i guess the, the game may be a microcosm of the season is maybe a good place to start yeah, that's, that's, that, that's probably a good uh, synopsis of everything because, uh, uh, gosh, uh, it, do we have to talk about the first half? That might have been the worst half of basketball I've seen in a long time. Virginia shot yeah. 7 of 28 and was still down 4 at the half. So that, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 17 points, 21 to 17. Uh, and they were absolutely killed in the paint in that first half. And, uh but it was uh, they did bounce back and, and outscored St. Bonnie in the, the second half. But uh, like you said, they you know they there were periods where they didn't score and then missed free throws down the stretch. Um, I, I noted in my column uh, that's coming up here in a few minutes um, that you know it was kind of the uh, same thing down at North Texas that they were able to avoid. They they went the last almost la- almost six minutes of regulation, didn't score a single point. And uh, as uh, North Texas sent that into overtime, they got their act together in, in, in OT, thanks to Franklin. Uh, he kind of bailed them out last night uh, after, a, after halftime. He ended up hitting five of 11 threes in the – which is good for him because he ended up uh, – maybe he ended up getting out of his slump, uh, which is good news for next season. But we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, it was just a tough uh, tough way to, to lose a game. And, uh, you know, it's difficult when you're that close to being to Madison Square Garden where I'm sure every basketball player grows up dreaming of playing a game in that building at some point in their career. Uh, it's tough when you're that close and, and you – get eliminated, uh, kind of like that team back in, uh, what was it, 13, Chris? 13, yeah. 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 Uh, Mike Toby and that bunch, I think they were they were that close to and lost at home to Iowa. Yeah. Fran McCaffrey's uh, Iowa team. But, it, yeah, it was a tough way to end the season. But, uh, you know, think back to sometime in January, you and I both didn't think they would ever – we'd be seeing them uh, win 21 games, so – you know, hats off to them for turning their season around. I'll I'll note this odd little little factoid: Virginia is six and four in its first ten. That's a six hundred winning percentage. Sixty percent of your wins, or sixty percent of your games, you're, you're winning. Six and four in its next ten games. Six and four in its next ten games. Three and two in its last five games. So. Um, they, they were due probably for a loss if you look at it that way. Um, they, they yeah. couldn't go a stretch without uh, the 60% thing coming up. And I, I actually thought about that. It's just weird how math works. I thought about that when the NIT started, you know, they went one in, so they were 18 and 12 regular season. 
and this means nothing to anything about analytics or anything else or, or, or about the game or anything else, just one of those odd factoids, but um, numerology, numerology. Yeah. But when they, they were one and one in the ACC tournament. So that I, I, I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, go two and one losing the quarterfinals and uh, you're, you're back where you were. So um, yeah, you know, I, I wrote a couple columns um, one um, and, you know, so Tony's comments last night after the game, some were, we'll talk about the harsh ones too. <laughs> he had some, some pretty harsh ones about just how his players need to work harder. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I think, I mean, if I'm going to sum up the NIT part of this season, the three games in the NIT, I would say that Tony probably got what he wanted out of this, out of this experience. You know, you could lose your first game and, and, and not really grow at all. And maybe even take a step back. If you, if you, you know, play in this tournament, and your guys don't show up, lose the first game. You know, they played three games. You mentioned Armand Franklin, five of 11 last night. He was 12 of 20 from three, 12 of 23 from three in the three games in the NIT. Um, they hadn't, whatever happened that they finally discovered the issue that was causing him to shoot in the mid twenties from three all season long. They finally figured it out. Uh, and, and that was good. And Reese Beekman had a, you know, a really solid uh, NIT uh, last night, maybe not as much 6.6 assists, but still he had a pretty solid NIT. Um, those are two important guys for next year. So, and, you know, you got Jaden Gardner, some postseason experience. He didn't have that coming in. He's, he'll be back, you know, theoretically, I guess next year and, and be able to build on that. Franklin did as well. Maybe even Beekman, you know, Beekman last year with that odd COVID postseason experience. So in the end, I think Virginia, I think Tony Bennett probably got what he wanted. He got some growth out of his team, got a couple wins and something to build on going towards next year. Yeah, that's that's the one, uh, the first word he used when, uh, when he was asked about, you know, what he thought about the season, what st- stood out to him more than anything. And he said, we improved. Uh, from start to finish, we improved, and and they did. They they became a much better basketball team. It was hard to maybe imagine that after watching them last night, but uh, uh, I think they did. And, and as you pointed out, a lot of those guys experienced growth and got to taste uh, the postseason, what that's like. I'm sure they all learned uh, valuable things about their own games and and how to. Uh, fit in with this scheme, particularly on defense, and that all bodes well for the future. And the fact that uh, you know they're going to have an off-season trip to Italy as a team, and I, I guess you know that will include uh, the incoming freshman class. Uh, that can only be a good thing. Uh, it seems like that has helped some other teams in the past get their act together before the season starts. Um, and that, you know, it looks like a bright future. Really does. Uh, and so let's talk about maybe about that part. I mean, we, we, the game, the game is over. Virginia is not going to win any more games this year. Not going to lose any more games this year. It's, it's post, it's, it's post postseason. Let's say um, Tony was asked about that a couple times last night after the game. Um, and uh, he, he was asked to explain the process, you know, basically, I mean, I think, you know, and if those of us familiar with the corporate world exit interviews, um, you know, uh, that, 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 that whole concept there, um, a little different now than it was a few years ago, as Tony noted, with a transfer portal uh, rearing its head. There's also the, the issue of, you know, some of the seniors can come back potentially for COVID senior years, that kind of thing. So um, Tony used those questions as an opportunity to kind of, throw um, some some challenges out to the guys who want to be back next year. 
Yeah, uh, I wrote uh, my column is mostly about that. Um, and, you know, he was asked about people coming back and he, he said, well, essentially, uh, he challenged pretty much everybody on the team who is thinking about returning. And he said, you know, if we, you know, they need to look in the mirror and they need to improve their shot, they need to improve their strength, they need to uh, improve a lot of parts of their games and work and be committed. And he said, uh, essentially, if you don't want to do that, then we don't want you. And I've never heard him say that before in all the years that he's been here. So uh, it kind of told me that maybe there were some guys who didn't live up to some of his expectations this past season or this past offseason, uh, and their games just weren't what he expected or wanted them to be. So that that's going to be very interesting. I, I know the, somebody mentioned that to uh, – Gardner and he said, "Well, you know, I, I'll work hard on my uh, game in postseason anyway, so off season anyway. So I, I don't think, I don't know that it was aimed at him, but um, it'll be interesting to see how his team takes that. And you're right, you know, we didn't expect everybody to bolt last year through the transfer portal. Maybe one, or but ended up three guys." Uh, I don't know who might leave this program right now. I, you know, may, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the freshmen took off. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed either. Um, I don't know that I see anybody else leaving. It's possibly, possibly McCorkle because he, you know, he just didn't get hardly any time this year. And uh, if playing time is the, the reason he's here, which I assume it is, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's here for the education too, but and uh, certainly I haven't talked to him at all. Uh, met his father last night, who seems like a really nice guy, and I didn't actually talk to him about that. But yeah, he, he might be a candidate for leaving if if that's what he's seeking is playing time some at a program where he can get that. Because uh, you know, obviously, there's new guys coming in. There's going to be less playing time available next year. Yeah, I did the math on this a few weeks ago, Jerry. And if you look at the guys that are expected to come back, um, and I'm not including Kia Clark in that list, and then you add in the um, the three, I would call them three. I call them three M. I've seen that that term thrown out there: uh, Tane Murray, Carson McCorkle, and Igor Milicic Jr., who didn't get a lot of minutes this year, but were highly recruited, highly, highly touted freshmen. Uh, and then the group coming in next year, which may include another guy. We've already got four committed for next year's class, and there may right. be a fifth with London Johnson who may reclassify, and I think is trying to reclassify to 2022. Um, it's already a ninth-rate recruiting class in the country, second in the ACC, and it would only get better if you add uh, the point guard in. Absolutely. Um, so you're talking about – you'd be talking about 13 guys uh, in your rotation or, or competing for rotation spots. Tony goes seven or eight with his rotation. The championship team in 2019 – had a seven-man rotation. Jay Huff got nine minutes a game as the eighth man on that team. Jay Huff's in the NBA now. So that tells you that Tony goes with a short rotation. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm – so now I, I throw that out there to say if there's 13 guys that that are competing for seven or eight spots, yeah, if, if you're already in the program and you're saying, hmm, I wonder, you know, and I wonder if I'm going to get a chance to get some minutes next year, you may think the grass is greener somewhere else just because – you know, it, it's you, it, especially if you're one of those guys in the program this year, you didn't get minutes this year. 
you know, it, 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 the writing may be on the wall there. That's a good point. And uh, again, that, you, that was without Kihei, right? I was, and that's not even including Kihei, right, right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm, it's hard to tell what he might do. I know Tony said that, uh, you know, part of the process is he sits down with each player at the end of the season after what he said the dust settles and he tell he shares what he thinks about their future and, and what kind of playing time they may get and what they have to may have to do to earn more playing time. He said, I, I want to sit down with these guys and, and both sides of us just be honest, which I think he does. Um, and that may be why a, a couple of those guys left after last season. They, maybe they didn't like what they heard in those postseason meetings. Uh, but he's, he wants to do that soon, uh, sooner than later. And uh, I would expect uh, within the next week or two, we'll, we'll have some idea. I, we, we don't have much contact with Tony after the season's over. So I don't know how we may find out unless some of these guys tweet out that they're staying or, or leaving. But uh, I expect that sometime in the next couple of weeks, we'll probably have some idea of who's coming back. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country. And they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, I'm already looking hour by hour on Twitter <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, in this day and age, it doesn't take much. Uh, you may not even, you know, I mean, some kids may not even sit through their meeting uh, before, you know, before they decide. And I'll say this too, this isn't something I've reported on, but word had gotten back to me and I won't reveal the source. And it's, I think it's fair to talk at this stage. It's, it's just rumor mill kind of stuff, but actually the source was a pretty good source. Um, that that there was, there was some frustration on the coaching staff. Uh, and this dates back to probably late December, early January. Um, that, and without naming any individual players saying that there were, you know, there was, it was a different vibe with, with some of the players this year. And, you know, so it's, it had never come out in public, and that's why I didn't wear, never said anything about it or never wrote anything about it because, you know, it's, the season's going on. You don't want to – I didn't want to cause trouble in, in that sense. And But then last night when Tony sort of addressed it a little bit that way, it kind of confirmed for me that, you know, what I'd been hearing there was was sort of true, that there was just 
And again, no names were mentioned, and I won't even speculate on names. I, w- I will speculate this. I don't think it's anybody that was playing. I don't think Tony plays people that don't buy into his system. I, you know, he's he's not going to just he's he, he proved that back in the day. It wasn't Sylvan, Sylvan Landisburg way back in the day? Um, if you don't, if you're not going to play Tony's ball, you're not going to play for Tony. You're going, you're not going to be here anymore. So, um, so he's not going to play. He's not going to play guys minutes and give them thirty minutes a game if they're if they're not playing. You know the way Tony wants them to play. But I mean, I'm just, I will speculate at this stage. There are, there are some highly recruited guys who didn't get minutes. And then there was a sophomore walk-on who got a lot, you know, a fair number of rotation minutes. I've always thought uh, that Malachi Poindexter's minutes were an indication of, hey, I'm rewarding effort uh, over anything else. And, um, you know, Jerry, you mentioned the three guys who left last year. They went elsewhere and didn't make an impact where they went. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that's why last night you hear Tony say, work hard in the offseason and let's get better. And if you if you don't want to do that, you're not going to be here because he's already he's already made that clear that he's not afraid to let. I mean, Jabri Abdur Rahim was a top 30 national recruit and he let him go. If, if he's willing to let him go, he's willing to let anybody go if they want to go. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Morsell went to NC State. He, he played, but was on a really bad basketball team. McCoy went to Carolina, and uh, as soon as he got there, they were recruiting over top of him. He he really didn't get much time playing time on a pretty good basketball team who, who could end up in the Final Four if they continue to play the way they have the past couple of weeks. And uh, Raheem, as you said, he, he got a, a lot of playing time at Georgia, but, again, on another bad team and with the coach being fired at the end of the season. So – um, those pastures might be greener in some aspect, but uh, uh, I don't know that they'll stay that way. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, we like you said, it, he, he booted Landisburg off the team for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of which was was effort, I think, and uh, not attending class and generally uh, taking things for granted. If he'll do that to an all ACC guy who was one of the best scorers in the league. Um, Like you said, he he treats walk-ons the same as all Americans if you don't do your job. And, um, yeah, hats off to Poindexter because he's busted his hump and uh, earned everything he's gotten. Um, And, yeah, you would think he would be an inspiration to some of these other guys to do the same. But, yeah, Tony made it perfectly clear that – my way or the highway, and uh, he, he doesn't want you back if you're not going to bust your hump. And I'm sure uh, he's told this to the guys. It's not like he's just telling them. He's Some coaches right. will use the media to send a message to their guys. I, I bring that up to say, because he, he also kind of had a message for, if you wanted to look at it one way, it was a message for his incoming first years, you know, that great that, that great recruiting class. Um. But I think it was more of a message for us. And I, when I say us, you know, the observers, uh, the fans of the program, and in a lot of cases, the alums, to basically say, okay, I look, I, he even said it. Look, I know there's a lot of excitement about the incoming first years, but they're first years, and they've got to they work hard and earn their playing time. Almost like he's trying to put some some curbs a little bit, some breaks on. Like, okay, look, fans, you might think we're, we're going to be preseason top 10 and we're going to be great and everything else next year. But we got to get these guys on grounds first, and they got to they got to play the pack line the way I coach it. We, they got to play the mover blocker the way I coach it. 
Um, so, so, you know, he even talked about expectations last night. I think he's trying to kind of get us to tamp down a little bit what we're going to think about next year's team by pointing out that it's a whole, those guys are all new to the system and it's going to take them a little bit of time to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned it, you know, freshmen trying to adjust to um, a program that's played pretty much at the highest level of college basketball over the past seven or eight seasons, and, uh, which it has. I mean, if you look around at one loss records and, and things like that, uh, Gonzaga might be in a, and maybe Duke. Well, I don't, I don't even think Duke has had this as well winning a record as Virginia has over that span of time. So again, he was right. It's, it's an elite level of college basketball and to be successful, it takes a lot of commitment and work. And uh, that's what he's expecting. And that's why he told these guys, that, you know, there's a lot of pressure, uh, especially for uh, incoming guys with reputations and, and expectations from fan bases that says, oh, well, these guys are going to be another, uh, two, uh, you know, another Jerome guy, uh, kind of class hunter and, and uh, kind of class that went on to win the national championship. Uh, nothing's guaranteed. And, and he pointed that out. So, yeah, I think he's bracing everybody to and giving fair warning that, don't just automatically think these guys are going to roll in here and blend and be superstars right out of the blocks. It's, we remember when uh, that class were, were freshmen, uh, hardly any of those guys got a lot of playing time until maybe uh, well into the season. I think uh, I think Jerome and Guy, uh, if I recall, it was a, a game at, at Notre Dame that uh, they both kind of earned uh, kind of went went from uh, not getting much time to getting serious consideration from after that point but but yeah it's uh, I think he, Tony gave us all fair warning last night and including to the guys who are coming in he, he doesn't expect it to be easy that they're gonna have to earn their way yeah, I'm looking up some some things real quick uh, to help illustrate that point. I think this is going to end up being a column for one or both of us. You know, I mentioned that this year's recruiting class, and we're still pending the decision of London Johnson, who could boost the number nine ranking uh, nationally even higher. Um, the the last class and the only class that really compares uh, is that 2016 class you mentioned, Jerry, that had, as you mentioned, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, and Jay Huff, um, all of whom are NBA guys now. That was ranked seventh nationally. Now, so let's look at the 2016-2017 stats real quick, and you get the sense of kind of illustrating the point you made there about the lack of playing time for these guys. Uh, Kyle Guy averaged 18.6 minutes a game, started seven games that year for that team. Um, Also, Ty Jerome started five games, averaged 13.9 minutes per game. Uh, We all know that DeAndre Hunter redshirted that year, uh, and as did Jay Huff. So that was the number seven recruiting class. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the same now. A lot has changed just in six or seven years in terms of the college basketball landscape. Um, who knows, for example, if, if, you would have de- if you have a DeAndre Hunter on your roster now and you try to redshirt him, he's just going to go somewhere else. There was no transfer portal in 2016. But that said, even the guys who played, Kyle and Ty, didn't get a lot of minutes, and they didn't start until very late that season. So, so yeah. 
uh, you know, slow our roll here is what Tony's trying to say. <laughs> Just, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys coming back or expected to come back. We'll know in a couple weeks uh, a lot more about that. But um, these guys are going to have to earn their playing time. Isaac McNeely, Isaac Trout, Leon Bond, um, they, they're not going to walk right in and, and start for this team. If they do, that means they've earned it. Um, I think we know that from this year's freshman class. It didn't even get a lot of minutes. Yeah, and, and uh, you wonder if uh, London Johnson is waiting to see what Kihei is going to do before he reclassifies because if Kihei does return for a fifth year, uh, that might make him say, well, you know, maybe I should just stay and, and wait for another season. Uh, if you do that, you're leaving him out there for the uh, the wolves <laughs> of the recruiting world to come in and try to convince him to go somewhere else. Uh, or he, you know, who, who knows? He could go somewhere else this year and still reclassify. But, uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling – He's waiting on that decision to see what Kia is going to do because if Kia is coming back, I don't know that he would uh, make that jump. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 a, there's already a lot of uh, potential for challenging minutes there. You know, um, I mean, Reese Beekman is is your starting point guard if Kia goes. It's not that Reese doesn't play a lot of point as it is, but he's guaranteed. He's he's your number one guy at point, and he is your guy at point if Kihei goes. And so, and then that gives London Johnson a chance to come in and kind of, you know, cut his teeth, learn and not have the pressure of having to be the number one guy, like he might be somewhere else. But yeah, if if Kihei's there, then the calculus is all different. The chemistry is all different as far as that goes. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, you know, gosh, I'm reading tea leaves here and it's, this is a podcast week. It's maybe time for speculation. You know, we, we had talked Jerry, I, I'd thrown out that that our colleague Scott German had, had talked with Kia's family after the Miami game at home back on February 5th, and that his family had said at that time that Coach Bennett had already asked uh, Kihei to, to come back for next year, and that Kihei had already suggested he was going to come back. And then now we've got a, it's more of an iffy situation. Tony even addressed that last night and said, We'll have to see uh, as far as Kihei goes. Makes me wonder. I mean, you know, what happened between February 5th and, and, and the end of the season? And I think one of the things that happened was. You know, the, the, this this talk about London Johnson um, recl- trying to reclassify is, is maybe getting hotter. And he's definitely, you know, when you look at the recruiting boards, uh, you know, 247 Sports list him as warm on Virginia and cold on everybody else in his top six. Um, those guys, to me, I know that there's, there's wrong time. You know, there's wrong in predictions on those kind of things from time to time. But, you know, the, the, the guys who write those, those – uh, you know, edit those sites are, are generally, you know, pretty good at, at kind of ferreting that information out. And so maybe that's it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's all speculation at this point, but we've gone down the roster. There's lots of guys that are coming back, even without Kihei. So um, there's a lot of competition. Tony talked about competition will make them better, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of moving parts here. We're going to be busy that you know, Jerry, we were busy after the football season was over. We might be busier. Uh, with the with the next couple of weeks of basketball in terms of trying to keep up with everything, yeah, it could be, um, and, and and maybe nobody leaves. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> they even might even bring in, <laughs> they might even bring somebody in from the transfer portal because I know that they've looked at a couple of guards, um, and I think maybe a, a forward. But uh, obviously, nothing has happened along those lines at this point. But 
Um, I guess they have to be ready in case any number of guys decide to jump. So, um, yeah, we're going to be uh, watching the transfer portal uh, pretty much 24-7 uh, until things uh, settle down. Uh, or as Tony says, the, the dust clears. But uh, it'll be interesting the next few weeks to see how this plays out, Chris. It surely will. It surely will. So um, I'll, I'll mention, I thought it was really nice last night. It was, a, it was a solid crowd. I mean, not a, you know, not a sellout by any means, uh, but a, a loud crowd, an enthusiastic crowd. There was a good number of St. Bonaventure supporters there too. Um, thought it was a really nice moment when the uh, now two-time defending national champion women's swimming team was introduced, got a nice ovation from the crowd. And also yeah. uh, the new women's basketball coach, uh, Amika Agugwe, um, why am I forgetting your last name now? I remember the first two names. The last one's easy. Hamilton. Coach Mox. Coach Mox. Coach Mox. There, but that's the easy way to go. <laughs> Boy, she came out. And Jerry, let me just say this. I wrote a comment about this when I was uh, waiting for my notes to transcribe last night. Um, uh, when she, her first first words out of her mouth when they gave her a microphone during a timeout and and she was there to just sort of introduce herself and, and talk to the crowd, and she said. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I turned to Scott German, uh, who sits between us on Press Row, and I said, Scott, uh, with those words, she's already a step ahead of her predecessor. She's excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, and she said, you know, she says, I feel comfortable because I'm home. She said, yeah. I'm a Virginian, and uh, she took a lot of pride in that. And uh, I agree. I think uh, I think the program improved um, just from her walking out onto the floor last night, I think uh, there, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of work and, and dedication coming from her that uh, that this program badly needs. And yeah, talk, uh, about, talk about our fan base, Jerry. I wanted to interject that you know our fan base is funny because you know we got they were down last night with the loss in the men's game, but I love the applause. She got a, a good ovation for for that. And then there were comments on the story I wrote about her last night on my website. But one guy said, I think she's going to take us to the NCAA tournament next year. <laughs> I mean, hey, she may, maybe she will. Maybe she'll work the transfer portal and do it, too. It's going to be a tough job. I just I want to temper fans' yeah. expectations there, too. She's left with not a lot. And, you know, there's some building blocks, perhaps, and, you know, that kind of thing. But the cupboard is pretty bare, 5-22, um, and 30-63 and 63 over the last four years. But I love the enthusiasm. I mean, that says something. There, this this is a program that hasn't had enthusiasm around it really since Debbie Ryan um, resigned in 2011, retired, whatever you want to say, in 2011. And uh, I got I got people commenting now that they think Coach Mox is going to take us to the tournament. I, I, I'm liking the enthusiasm. Let's just give her a chance before we we start putting expectations on her. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Debbie was actually forced out. Well, she, <laughs> I was being room. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, she she okay. definitely was forced out. <laughs> but she she would tell you so. And she, I don't think she was ready to go, but uh, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, the one advantage that she has that, that coaches may not have had uh, in trying to rebuild programs is the transfer portal is there. And uh, if she works at I don't know what her uh, history is with the transfer portal. She may not have needed to do that before, but uh, that's a weapon to her advantage that, uh, that most coaches haven't had in the past and uh, until just recently. So um, she could, you know, 
with her contact, she's been around the game for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in different parts of the country, she, she might could work that portal to, to her advantage and rebuild this team quicker than, uh, than normal. She will be starting pretty much from scratch, but and I'm not that familiar with the women's game to know how much transferring there is in that. I don't know if it's anything close to what the men's transfer portal is like, where there's <laughs> uh, a mind-blowing number of people jumping into that thing. But uh, that's something that could help her a lot uh, quickly. And, and so, I, you know, who knows? Maybe she can, can find uh, the right chemistry out there in the portal to – to bring in and, and turn this program around faster than than anticipated, um, and I agree with you about the uh, swim team. They they definitely deserved that standing ovation they got. That was unbelievable, and it was a good crowd last night, Chris. They had um, officially on the box score they had sixty eight hundred uh, plus in the building, and that that was uh, more than a thousand. I think more than the previous game against uh, Mississippi State. So um, that was that was pretty cool to see. It was, and it was a, I thought it was a rambunctious uh, crowd too. I, I thought at times they were louder than maybe when the building's full, because um, <laughs> you, you know those fans wanted to be there. Uh, you know, they, a lot of them maybe don't get to go to games that often because they can't get tickets, but or have to sit in the nosebleed area, which wasn't really available last night. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was a great crowd. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give credit to St. Bonaventure, too, because uh, talking to their coach, uh, Mark Schmidt, after the game last night, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, what about how proud are you are uh, of your team having – I know they were really pissed off coming to Charlottesville. I, I wrote a little piece about that late yesterday. Um they were upset because they felt like they deserved a home game because they were the only team in the NIT uh, still standing who had to go and play three road games, no home games. And they got sent all the way to Colorado. We talked about this on our last podcast, all the way out to Colorado, playing at a high elevation, coming back to New York State, turning around and going back out west to Oklahoma, coming back to New York State, and then having to fly down the Charlottesville and, uh, and play with six players. Four of their guys last night played the entire 40 minutes. <laughs> the one who had, to be, had foul trouble. Yeah. Those guys had to be just exhausted. And, um, and he said, well, we're tough. We're, 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 we've got a tough bunch of kids and they're seniors and they know how to put their act together. And uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of hope that they go on and win the whole thing because they've, I think they've earned it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, their fan base was, was vocal as well. I think I've seen estimates were around 500 or so St. Bonaventure fans made the trip down. Credit to them for doing that on a Tuesday night. You know, that's great. Yeah. They were, they were loud and, and, and enthusiastic supporting their team. And, um, the, the fans, uh, for Virginia were very loud. You could, you, what, where you could really tell that was, before the tip, you know, the, the who crew, the students always, you know, they do some things, they, they wave their arms and all these kind of things. And the people on the other side, normally the alum, you know, the alumni donor side. 
Okay, not quite sure what happened there. I mean, technically, there was a power outage in my neighborhood. Uh, I was making some really important point about something basketball-wise, and then it's lost. I mean, the actual good thing is you, the, what you just heard was saved. That's the that's one beauty of technology. Um, before I sign off, uh, Jerry asked me to make sure to thank our his new sponsor, uh, our new sponsor on the Jerry Rackle Show, um, Greenberries Coffee Roasters. Um, uh, thanks to them for everything they're doing to sponsor uh, JerryRatcliffe.com and also the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. And if you go on the website, go on the JerryRatcliffe.com website, you'll see a couple of really nice prominent ads. No matter what you click on the front page, uh, any of the posts that we make, um, whether that's on desktop or on your mobile site, uh, and you'll see you can click here to win some free coffee for a year from Greenberry. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Uh, today in the Valley, I'm not sure how it was in Charlottesville in Central Virginia, but it was in the 40s, rainy, foggy. Um, coffee would have been a really good thing to have today. Uh, so click on the site. You can win free coffee for a year from Greenberry. There's a couple of different ways to do that, and you can learn a lot more about the, the company uh, and all of its locations in Charlottesville, far flung as they may be, Charlottesville on out including internationally. So our thanks to the folks at Greenberries, and we really appreciate their sponsorship, their support, of course, also the Aberdeen Barn. Um, we, we, they've been a long-time sponsor with the show, even dating back to the radio days, uh, in addition to the folks at UVA Orthopedics. Um, thanks to them as well. So, well, for Jerry Ratcliffe, who um, got cut off because of my power outage, I am Chris Graham signing off. Everyone, please have a great and safe night.